Hello again. Welcome back to the Unhindered Podcast. I love podcasts. I mean, I love the thought of podcasts anyway. It's always fun to have something inspirational or funny or meaningful to listen when I'm driving or walking the dogs. Uh, But I find myself recently getting partway into podcast episodes that have been recommended or that I think sound good and I just reach a limit where I can't physically endure another moment. And I'd hate to do that to my listeners, which really this week reminded me of the rules of the game that I'm playing and gave me a chance to reflect on those, refine those, and it's worth me reminding you about the rules of the game that I'm playing, why this is different and what I'm aiming to do here. So firstly, this podcast will always remain free, and that's not because I'm an awesome bloke. It's not because I have some altruistic purpose and I'm on a mission to help you. Uh, My strategy is... Uh, you know, to solve insecurity and to be unhindered, eventually you're going to need help from someone who doesn't care about you. So uh, that's a difficult person to find. Uh, so my job is to demonstrate that that's possible, to highlight the structure of that and to provide great value to you so that when you're ready to invite someone into your world to hold a space, um, you'll know exactly where to find me and then you'll be really happy to pay. But until then... You're just listening. You're trying to find holes in my strategy. You're trying to decide why you don't like me. You're trying to feel why I'm just like everybody else or why this is lightweight. So that's my strategy. Uh, The rules of the game I'm playing mean that I will not add to the noise. I will say things as quickly as possible in the shortest amount of time as possible. And I will aim to improve the quality of my presentation so that when you click an episode of the Unhindered podcast, you won't regret it. You'll find great value. It'll linger with you. It'll be meaningful to you. Uh, That is my intention. Uh, We'll have music on this sometimes when it feels right. And that might be a bit ambiguous, but I am an artist first and foremost, and this is an art form. And so I'm going to remain the right to be an artist Uh, sorry, retain the right to be an artist and let my heart lead when music is suitable. So you might find that annoying, you might find that lovely and that'll probably be the same for most art that you encounter. It's a subjective experience and I'm not sure there's any other way of describing it. Uh, So the way that this works is typically this is me giving thought leadership. Occasionally I get the chance to interview someone on the subject of being unhindered But I find there are very few people who A, agree with me on the subject of insecurity being a solvable problem and B, have embodied uh, an insecurity-free life themselves. And so um, that means guests are few and far between and and that's okay. So I'll keep convincing you that it is solvable, give you examples and tell you stories and from time to time I'll even let you in on a coaching session that I've done with someone who's willing to be vulnerable enough to let you join in. So that's the rules of the game, and no game is very fun if only one person knows the rules and only one person enjoys the rules and only one person plays by the rules, so hence the reason I've explained them to you. I think they're good rules. I think you'll enjoy them. I think that makes it easy for you to engage the content, and it's good for your ears, good for your energy, good for your time. It doesn't uh, abuse the friendship. It, it values you as listeners, and I think it's it gives me my best chance of serving you and help you have an enjoyable experience. So I hope you like it. Found out someone likes it 
well, at least I've got one fan, one new fan actually. Um, Amity, my daughter, has recently fallen in love and brought home her first boyfriend, which has been actually a wonderful experience for the whole family. Young Jacob is at our dinner table frequently these days, and as we were sitting down to lamb chanks the other night, he said, Now, uh, an opinion is actually the lowest form of knowing anything and therefore the easiest thing to change. Which, look, that's smart. Whoever came up with that is a genius. So I think he was trying to impress me. Um, I, th- I think he's still a little bit intimidated by me, which is good. And Jacob, if you're listening, um, you, we'll probably keep it like that just for a little bit longer. So uh, just ease your way into the family. But nice to know you're enjoying the content and thanks for listening to the podcast. Shout out to Jacob. Uh, this week I found I have, while I have one new fan, I've got one person who really doesn't like my work. I was reviewing some of my online profile and looking through the audio books that I've got and making sure that was all right. And I came across a review that had been recently left on Audible for my latest book, Leverage. Let me read this to you. It's just, uh, it's incredible. Uh, One big dose of tough, blameful love based on nothing but Jamin's ego is the title of this review. And we've got one star, two stars for performance. Thank you. Uh, But one star overall, one star for story. She goes on to say, Having listened to Jamin's podcast for a while now, I thought, let's give this a go. I don't always agree with him, but I have learned. However, this book is the worst self-development book I have read in a long time. If you sign up to the toughest of telling-offs that humans only ever do anything because of self-gratification, then this is the book for you. If you believe that human nature can be selfless like I do, this is not the book for you. Aside from anything, it is based on no evidence, based research, and only Jamin's coaching approach, which by self-confession is, I don't care about you anyway. I mean, who wants help from someone like that? I did push through it, despite gritted teeth, but overall, I wish I hadn't. Got me so worked up. Do yourself a favor and give it a miss. (laughs) Oh, wow. Savage. Uh, But, you know, you've got to expect a bit of that. If you put out a provocative title like the one that I did, uh, yeah, not everyone's going to resonate with that. Uh, However, when I read something like that, you know, it doesn't offend me or, or upset me because I don't believe her. I, I don't I don't believe it's the worst personal development book she's ever read. I just think it's probably really deconstructing her way of being her that she wasn't ready to deconstruct. So I was undoing something that was still working the way she liked it. And so an alternate approach, it was painful. It agitated her. Because uh, I, I think the logic is robust. I think the leverage logic holds up under scrutiny. I think it is incredibly research-backed. I think that the human experience says that it does make sense. So look, let me quickly explain the logic to you, and you be the judge. You tell me where the gaps in the logic are. So the logic starts by the fact that when you fall in love with someone... And you might fall in love with them because you've chosen to love them, i.e. a romantic relationship. Or you might fall in love with someone who enters your family through birth. You know, the mother of a newborn child, mother or father, or you get a new baby brother or sister. Um, you instantly fall in love and the space between you and them is perfectly clean. 
that's the inception point. It's always clean. You're awesome. They're awesome. Everything's wonderful. No one's done anything to upset anyone yet. So it's great. But things don't stay like that. That's impossible. The law of entropy says that every system is on a trajectory toward decay. It deteriorates over time. It moves towards randomness and chaos. It gets less organized. Excuse me. Unless you put energy back into that system, unless you repair damage, unless you invest time and energy. You know, an example being if you heat up a cup of hot coffee and put it on the table, it will cool. It doesn't stay hot. If you want it to stay hot, you've got to put it back in the microwave or boil the kettle again or put it back on the stove. But it's getting colder. Um, The sun is actually trying to lose heat. It is getting colder as well. We benefit from the fact that the the sun is following the law of entropy uh, because we we get to receive the heat. So it's not all bad. It's a universal law and it's how things work. So all that to say, you fall in love, things are great, um, but things are getting... They're going to get worse. They won't stay great. And the survey that LG Electronics did with 2,000 UK couples said that uh, the findings were that one in three people wake up B-side, B-side, or just beside the single most annoying person they know. Hilarious, because obviously the relationship didn't start like that. You don't pick the most annoying person you know to have a romantic relationship with. You don't. You pick the most attractive. But if you don't change anything, then that attraction becomes annoying. Little things become big things. So look, uh, that's that's logic. If you don't like that logic, okay, which part of that logic don't you like? Things just naturally stay good. Nothing ever comes between people because they love each other. Um, you know, the love that a parent has for a child is never threatened. There's never anything that that jeopardizes that, and no annoyances, no difficulties, no conflicts. Husbands and wives always are perfectly intimate and in love. It's not how things work. You know that. I know that. Great. So then, if things are moving towards uh, destruction, chaos, de- deconstruction, decay, then you got to put energy back in. That's all this book's about: the the, the skill of bringing the right energy so you can keep the space clean because it's getting dirty. So there are five components to this work. The, the skill you'll need to develop to keep the space clean has five parts to it. Here's the logic. The first part is security. So uh, if you try and clean the space from a position of insecurity, you're in a lot of trouble because something that is annoying to you that you don't like, something agitates you or upsets you and you think, oh, I don't want this to happen anymore, and you address that with the other person, well, then they might not like hearing that. And so then what? And they say, okay, yeah, yeah uh, well, this is just who I am, so deal with it, get over it, stop being silly. Then you go, well, okay, I can't afford to hold the line here because I'm needy and I need this person to like me and think well of me. So if I get upset with them, then they might not like me or think well of me, so I'd just better back down. And then you just cry under your pillow and accept it. However, if you know who you are and you've done the work around reviewing your opinions and fears and insecurities and found them to be fictional and misunderstandings and you actually come to the place where you're really comfortable in your own skin and more than that you really like who you are you trust your nature you understand that you are good and therefore you really deserve to be loved you love you and so why wouldn't others love you then the logic of that goes well if you know what you deserve then it doesn't really make sense to settle for less than you deserve why, why would you where's the logic in that 
So now you've got a problem because now things that agitate you and annoy you uh, will actually have to be addressed. So then we move on to the next part of the structure, which is clarity. So be clear or be quiet is one of my favorite lines in the book. And the logic is nagging is not clarity. Telling a person a thousand times you want something to be changed is actually telling him you don't want it to be changed, that you're fine, you'll just get over it. So just say things once and be clear. Are you done with this or not? Are you sick of this or not? Can you tolerate this or not? Is this the way you'd like things to continue or not? What do you want? What don't you want? What would you like to have happen? <laughs> like, Say it clearly. Hold the line. Speak your truth. Find your voice. Even if it shakes, at some point if you're secure in who you are, uh, then you won't be able to help yourself speaking up. But don't. The, the challenge is you won't want to speak up about everything because not everything matters. Really, it doesn't. But some things do. And because you deserve to be loved, you get to decide what those things are. Happy with that logic? Um, please push back if you're not. Third level is integrity. So then when you speak your truth and say, I don't like this, this is not working for me, this doesn't make me feel loved, this makes me feel agitated and upset, the other person won't enjoy that and so they will try and get you to back down and maybe even undermine you or gaslight you or attack you back, uh, all to protect their own sense of equilibrium and certainty and comfort. So the pushback's coming and you'll need to stand your ground and the only way you'll stand your ground is with integrity. So integrity is just the knowledge that you've gone first, the knowledge that this is actually the best of you speaking to the best of them for the best reasons. You're not, you're not selfish as they're suggesting. This is not arrogance as they're suggesting. This is not petty as they're suggesting. This is hard fought. Uh, and you deserve to be loved and treated well and you are clear that this isn't working for you and so that's all you're doing. It's just speaking plainly. Uh, and you welcome for them like you you're happy for them to push back around things you would need to change you're just going first so you're bringing the gift into the relationship and you won't be bullied off the turf so you've taken the plank out of your own eye to see clearly to deal with the speck in their eye you've dealt with the barbecue sauce stain on your own shirt and now you can point out the barbecue sauce stain on theirs you've gone first the next level is maturity so that is then the adult skill of negotiating rather than compromising. If you don't bring maturity, then it'll get messy from here. You'll go, well, this has to change and it has to be like that. And the other person goes, well, I can't do it like that. And you'll go, oh, well, I know what I deserve. And so, yep, this it's over. We're done. Like, wow, that ended badly and quickly. The maturity of an adult says, well, okay, let's dance here. Let's negotiate. We can think win-win here. So, can we workshop this? Can we brainstorm this? Can we be creative? Can we find a, a way forward that's never existed before that actually works well for both of us? Because this is not about just it working well for me. This is me going first for the good of this relationship to clean the space. So contribute, bring yourself to this, but let's be adults about this. And then authority is just the capstone. It just says, look, no one would get that far only to get that far. You come that far to go all the way. Like if you're serious and it matters, then you, you want to see it resolved. So that means actually really holding on, weathering the storm till you come out to the other side. And, and that means the willingness to hold the consequence, let the person feel the full 
weight of their own choices. If they decide they don't want to change, and which they well, well they are welcome to do, you're willing to allow them to experience the consequences of that, which may be a world without you in it, without feeling guilty, without backing down, without feeling like you have to be the martyr. It's more than a request. It's more than a suggestion. It's actually a demand. At some point, uh, change has to be demanded. And when you do, the other person does something they wouldn't have done without you and it's all for the right reasons. And then the space gets clean again. And if you have a, a clean space again, good grief. Then you've got intimacy. If you don't have a clean space, you descend into an arrangement. And I would argue that no one in the whole world falls in love only for it to descend into a arrangement. Intimacy is what you want. Not many people have it. So this is hard, but if you want to play the game properly, that's how to play it. So I, I think that logic stacks up. I really do. So I'm not sure how it could be the worst personal development book ever written. Uh, I just think it's really hard because it requires some serious self-examination. So the topic I've put out there for today's episode is finding flow. Uh, of all the things I've discovered about being human, I think finding flow would have to rate in the top three of most significant, important, life-giving discoveries. Um, Such a game changer when you understand that state, the state that you're in is actually your domain. I'm sure everyone would understand the difference between feeling good and feeling bad, having a good day or a bad day, feeling energized and motivated as opposed to feeling depressed or discouraged or stuck. Uh, but not everyone understands the mechanics of how to how to engineer that, how to hack that, how to be in control of that. I, I would say most people feel like that's out of their control. It just happens randomly or externally. But that's not true. Um, state is entirely within our domain. And and more than that, I love Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's work on flow state, and his description is that flow is is actually the most meaningful and effective state we could be in as human beings that's where we do our good work that's where we access the magic so when i think about the rules i have for myself and how i define success one of the key metrics is that every day that i live i desire to experience flow even if it's just for a moment that at some point i will drop into that feeling of timelessness of bliss of joy, of effectiveness, of energy, of magic, of inspiration, of creativity, where time slows down or even stops, where nothing else matters, where I am right here and everything is okay and the world opens up and I enter into a supernatural magic realm. Uh, When I first discovered that I could hack flow and enter into it, I thought the aim of the game was to be in flow 24-7. Luckily, it didn't take me long to realize that's not the aim of the game at all. And in fact, if you consider that you're, if if you're trying to play the game like that, i.e. to be at peak, in a peak performance state all the time, that means you're trying to be on all the time. Well, if you're trying to be on all the time, you're actually not on any of the time. You're in some kind of power saving mode. That's not possible. It's not sustainable to be on all the time. In order to be fully on, you will also, by very definition, have to be fully off. There will have to be recharge. There will have to be the yin and the yang. There will have to be the night and the day, the light and the dark, the in and the out. 
So when I talk about finding flow, I think the real distinction is to understand that the aim of the game is to access magic and and realize you can be in charge of when you access magic. And so then it's about accessing magic when you need it most. Like we've all got magic inside of us. We all have the capacity to enter into a really pure, special, sacred, supernatural experience of life itself. Uh, that's that's not the problem. The problem is can you find that when the game's on the line, when it's important, when it's high stakes, when there are things resting on your ability to access magic. So the things that I've learnt around finding flow are what I want to share with you today. And I, I reckon you might find that you find it useful. So let me explain what I've learnt and see what you'd like to take away from this. So the first thing is that state is king. If you can control your state, you can also control your outcomes. I've explained this concept and, and drawn a diagram explaining this in the book Elegantly Simple Solutions to Complex People Problems. Uh, but, but basically, it is the understanding that uh, you don't achieve success through hard work. It's not action. Action is not the thing missing. Action is not the gap between your current state and your desired state, as some would lead you to believe. All you need to do is be clear about what you want and then take the necessary action to get there. Well, you'll find there's a magic force field locking you out of that and that it is not hard work that leads to success. The people who are working the hardest in life are not the most successful people. That's That might be a surprise to hear it, but if you step back a moment and examine that, you'll find that's universally true. So therefore, uh, it's a way of zigging when others are zagging and understanding the mechanics of magic. So the peak performers in any space are not necessarily the most talented, they're not necessarily the most intelligent, they're not necessarily the strongest or the smartest. They are always the people who know how to access peak performance, who know how to control their state, who know how to get in the zone, who know how to find flow when it matters because they're the people that want the ball in their hands when the game is on the line. Whereas other people who may be more talented may crumble under pressure, may not be able to access magic when it's important. So state is king. If you can't control your state, you can control your outcomes. So in order to do that, you've got to realize that rituals are more important than disciplines. A great way of thinking about this is that disciplines are hard work activities completely linked to outcomes, i.e. if your outcome is to run a marathon, then the discipline would be to run a certain amount of training days and not miss a, not miss a day. A ritual has nothing to do with outcomes, by contrast, but everything to do with state. So a ritual might be to... Uh, spend 10 minutes meditating. Now, meditating by itself has no connection to marathon running. However, when you meditate, that might take you out of the state you're in and transport you into a place of magic. And from that place of magic, you might have access to energy and motivation and drive. And then all you want to do is go run. And so it still might look the same to the external observer. However, the motivation is entirely different. It is far more sustainable. You tap into an unlimited source of energy. You also realize that it's energy, not time. 
time is not your most important resource. Having you know, a week of time to complete a task and being in a poor state, that time is useless to you. You know, give you give you ten minutes in the game in a peak state and that time gets stretched out extraordinarily. So energy not time, rituals not discipline. It's also internally referenced, not externally referenced. There is no way you can zig when others are zagging if you need others to approve of you or or comment that you're doing the right thing. You're going to have to do things that are good for you and others might not ever understand that. So it's a real subtle, nuanced way to live, living by rituals rather than disciplines. I've also learned that finding flow is a lot like the matrix. I don't know if you remember in that movie, but there was always uh, an access point from the fabricated world, the fictitious world, back into the real world, back out of the matrix into what was real. And that was always a ringing phone. And so, like, you got to understand I am not always in flow. I'm, I'm a bit of a delicate flower. Like, I, I do like perfect conditions. I know what I want. Like, my daughter said to me the other day, Dad, I, I think actually you're the most petty person I know, which <laughs> it, I had to sit down after that because I was really mean. I don't think I'm petty, but I think what she means is I, I do really know what I want and I, I don't have any kind of tolerance outside of that, a very narrow bandwidth to live. I like that because I know what I want. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. So, all right, then what's the point of doing anything else? I'm not a calm ship sailing on smooth seas. There are tornadoes and hurricanes and waves and sharks and whales. There's, There's a lot of things that happen in my world that knock me out of a great state. I... I get the shits frequently, um, up and down, all over the place. I'm not consistent. When I tell clients that I'm not consistent, they don't really think I'm telling the truth, but I'm not. If you were to follow me 24-7, you'd be really surprised. I'm, I'm sure about it. You'd see the full spectrum of human emotion. <laughs> but it all belongs. Because while my aim is to find flow every day, my aim is also to enjoy the mundane, to find meaning in the mundane, to enjoy my bad days. If you were to randomly call me and ask the question that most people ask each other when they catch up what's going on what are you doing i'll most often answer that what i'm doing is stuffing around and that 98 percent of the time is true it looks like i'm wasting time not doing anything productive watching sport eating chips stuffing around having a nap reading a book not doing anything particularly productive. And that all belongs. That is a big part of finding flow, to have peace, to understand that it's moments of magic. And what happens in those moments of magic does a lot to progress your course, to move you towards where you want to be. It fast-tracks a whole bunch of things. And you drop out, then you'd be normal again. And so there's a whole bunch of things that go on in my world and they all belong. And that's a really important distinction for you to take the pressure off. Like you you don't need to have a perfect experience of life. Uh, if you can 
allow yourself to enjoy that, then you can find meaning in sadness and frustration and being upset rather than judging yourself as though those experiences are somehow a failure. I was reading some comments from Warren Buffett around how he lives his life and he says there is no room for sadness. He will not tolerate sadness in his life. He understands that he can be happy as a choice and he chooses to be happy all the time. That's a disaster in my world. What what a horrible experience. I don't want happiness. I want joy. So happiness is like kind of nice. That to me is taking a bulldozer out and just flatlining everything. I want bliss and joy and transcendence and moments that take my breath away. So if I want mountaintops, I've also got to be welcoming valleys, deep valleys, dark valleys despair, sadness, really painful experiences. They all belong. So I'm not always on, but I, but one thing I can guarantee is that I am always on when it matters. I cannot think of the last time that I watched an opportunity sail by because I couldn't access the right state. There are times, I, I don't, don't often forget coaching sessions of fairly organized but there are occasions where a coaching session will pop up in my um, notices and I will have somehow lost track of time and I've got two or three minutes before the session and I've got to collect my thoughts and get into the right state I think I only need 30 seconds to get it back in the zone and show up totally present and on for that session so just the fun of knowing that in a, at a moment's notice, I know how to get back into state. And here's the thing around the matrix, because there's always a ringing phone. So in order to find flow, you've got to get good at listening. You've got to get good at finding that phone box, finding that ringing phone, knowing it's around here somewhere. There is an escape. There is an escape out of the chaos back into what is real, even if it's only for a short time. Where is it? What is the thing? And so... You know, they're always, it's always about rituals. It's always about life giving practices that have got nothing to do with outcomes, but everything to do with state. So, an example for me, I'm, I'm when I'm listening, what's the thing? When I'm not feeling great, when I'm not in a peak state, what's the thing that's going to transport me back in there? Sometimes it's blueberries, sometimes it's porridge, sometimes it's sitting in my rocking chair, sometimes it's an affogato with ice cream and frangelica. Sometimes it's reading a book. Sometimes it's going for a run. Sometimes it's walking barefoot on nice grass. Sometimes it's just looking at the sky. Sometimes it's listening to music. Sometimes it's listening to an audible. Sometimes it's going for a drive. Sometimes it's going for a swim. Sometimes it's patting the dog. The point is there's always something. And and every time I listen, I can find it. And that is such a fun discovery because you are going where the life is and that life is generated from inside you. So you always know what that is. If you're willing to listen, if you're willing to trust your own nature, trust your own intuition to follow the scent and you'll get good at listening. You'll get good at understanding what that is. You'll get good at differentiating your your fear voice from your wisdom voice and what is intuition and what is petty. And every time you you find that ringing phone and pick it up in time and drop into flow and access magic and time stops you'll go uh-huh, I remember that voice that was that was brilliant I'll listen again 
now for me the way that it works is that just because a ritual works in this season doesn't guarantee it'll always work i think often a, a ritual for me has a shelf life of about nine months that if i keep doing the same thing keep finding the same access point then eventually it wears off it stops being special so that's fun. You can keep updating things and notice when, when the effect is wearing off and keep listening to the next thing. What's the upgrade? What's the, what's the improvement? What's the new and improved way into flow? And finally, it really does require you to build a trusting relationship with yourself. This idea of trusting your nature, trusting your ability to get into the space when it matters. Um, last weekend... I had one of the days where I was feeling flat and tired and there was some stuff that I thought was important to do and I didn't really have energy to do it and just kind of clocked off and watched myself clock off and I watched others watch me clock off and just enjoyed the experience of that and enjoyed watching what happened as a result of that because the whole tragedy of self-discipline is the misunderstanding of who you really are so self-discipline is built on this idea that if you rest you lose the moment you stop managing yourself then you're going to move away from the goal your only chance of getting the goal and succeeding is to ride yourself so to watch yourself be unproductive is to see yourself losing ground hard fought ground and you can't tolerate that, so you won't ever do that. You you won't afford rest. You'll judge yourself and whip yourself and get back. But to watch yourself be unproductive and to be okay with it is a fun experience. And to watch others seeing you unproductive and imagine their judgment is also fun. But the real joy of it and why I love this so much is because by the end of the day, so I hadn't actively engaged intentions and set goals and reviewed what I was doing and moved the cause forward and reached out to clients and hadn't really done anything of value except by the end of the day by trusting my nature and allowing the fact that it all belonged I'd had a strategic meeting with Kat that we'd been talking about having for over a month and we found a we found time in the midst of me having a bad day. I signed three clients in in that day. There were three conversations with people who decided that now was the time to reach out and confirm that they were ready to go. And so even in an unproductive day where I was discouraged for part of it, upset, there were some things that I felt thwarted in and hadn't worked out the way that I wanted and it was probably a bit petty if you ask Amity. But nevertheless, the end of the day, I had a great overall experience. So the fun of this too is it's really, it's not ever useful to stop and assess your success as a human in any one moment. You kind of got to see the big picture. And so to live a life of finding flow, it, it all belongs. If you segment part of your life and say, that does not belong, I can't ever do that, then you limit the space that you can play in and therefore restrict the magic. 
So this is all the joy of getting to know who you really are, what is really inside you, and to fully become human. What a wonderful aim that is. Not just good for you, by the way, but good for the whole world. I'm going to leave it there. I hope you find that useful. I reckon you will have. I think there'll be something in there for everybody. I'll talk to you again next week.